Behind the Knife, the surgery podcast. Relevant and engaging content designed to help you dominate the day. All right, so welcome to another episode of Behind the Knife. This is actually the last installment from me and the team for the hernia uh, content that we've been sharing lately. Today, I'm very, very honored to have two special guests with me, uh, Drs. Jenny Shao and Charlotte Horn, who are part of the cohort of surgeons uh, that became hernia specialists with me a few years back. And we've become really good friends over the years. And today we're going to be talking about the nuts and bolts of hernia fellowships and specialization. And so uh, with no further ado, I would love to introduce them. So uh, let's start with Dr. Charlotte Horn. Dr. Charlotte Horn, welcome to the show and to today's Behind the Knife podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's, it's a pleasure to be on. And Dr. Horn is currently an abdominal wall specialist at uh, Penn State, uh, did her fellowship at Cleveland Clinic with Dr. Michael Rosen and the rest of the Cleveland Clinic team, and is truly a leader in abdominal wall surgery uh, and already leading many, many studies related to the advancement of our field. Uh, our next guest is uh, Dr. Jenny Shao, who's uh, just joined the team at the University of Michigan by way of uh, University of Pennsylvania. She did her fellowship at uh, the Carolinas with Dr. Hennerford and his team, so an unbelievable uh, track record with hernia surgery. Welcome, Dr. Shao. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to talk about this topic that's near and dear to my heart. Great, let's, let's get going. So today what we're gonna try to do is discuss the evolution of hernia surgery as a specialization and what seems to be happening over the last decade or two. Um, we'll try to highlight the importance of hernia and abdominal wall programs in modern day training, uh, review the path that all of us have taken to become abdominal wall specialists, and then summarize the role that the hernia surgeon might play in modern day surgical programs. So with no further ado, let's get started. Um, Dr. Xiao, so, you know, when I was training and I told people that I wanted to become a abdominal wall specialist, people found that to be a little surprising. Uh, could you tell us about what, what your path was and what made you decide to pursue a career in hernia and abdominal wall surgery? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. Um, so one of the things I love about minimally invasive surgery and abdominal wall reconstruction is really the innovation uh, that uh, exists in this field. So one of the things that really drew me to hernia surgery and complex abdominal wall reconstruction is just the evolution of techniques that we've been able to see over the last 10 years. You know, the evolution of the TAR, ETEP, robotic, complex abdominal wall reconstruction. I really think that um, there's been so many things that we've been able to do to revolutionize the field. Um, and I'm just really excited to become a part of that. And so when I decided to do minimally invasive surgery, I found that um, I wasn't necessarily interested in bariatric. And even though I, I do love benign forega, I found that the complex abdominal wall surgery uh, to be really exciting. I like that the patients are complex. There's a lot of problem solving involved. 
Um, and I think lastly, I just love it when patients come back to clinic and they have a really good outcome and they're happy and you're able to really improve their quality of life. Uh, so for me, I think it's really rewarding both clinically um, from a patient perspective and also intellectually. Um, so I'll be interested to hear what Dr. Horn has to say. Great. Uh, so Dr. Horn, uh, you were at Cleveland Clinic for residency training. Uh, some would consider it one of the most advanced abdominal wall centers in the world. Um, and so what was your training like in residency and what made you decide to pursue it beyond just residency and going into a fellowship? Yeah, great question. I think, you know what, to be honest, I didn't ever really want to be a hernia surgeon. I interviewed uh, for an integrated vascular surgery spot as PGY3. Um, and I had got Rosen's fellowship and then actually was interviewing to be um, an advanced forget surgeon the year after uh, and pulled out the day before the match. And the reason I, I, I think I more so wanted to be a fellow of the hernia surgeons there because I knew whatever I would do, they would make me a good surgeon. They were very critical about how they operated. They expected technical excellence. They you know, just were so in-depth with how they thought about patient care, how they studied their care, and also how they evaluated their own outcomes. And I was like, listen, if I train with these people for a year, no matter what I do, I will be good at my job. And I will understand research and things will be, you know, fantastic. But I think it wasn't until like I really PGY five year and started to be their fellow that I was like, the world of the of hernias, just as Dr. Shao said, like, there is so much room for growth. There is so much room for innovation. And then there is so much room for evidence to guide decision making. It's just a field that's ripe for us to really explore things that's rapidly, um, you know, changing and growing. And I think because of that, that's kind of why I was like, listen, I'm not upset that I didn't do another fellowship. Like, this is a great place to be and a great place to grow. You know, that's so funny that you said that because I actually thought about going into vascular too when I was the second year and then I realized that I hated feet and it probably wasn't the space for me. And then ultimately what I realized I loved about it was the innovation, right? Um, and the advances and just thinking outside of the box. So that's kind of when I pivoted. But yeah, I'm with you there. That's amazing. That's great. Um, you know, I actually was also not committed to abdominal walls review week. Our hernia program when I was in residency was very limited. You know, abdominal wall advanced reconstruction was not really happening the first half of my training. And then I returned after a few years of research and it was like a completely different experience. The, the team was starting to learn how to do TAR um, and we were learning about advanced techniques. And I remember operating with my chair who was doing his transversus abdominis release, Justin Demick. And we operated like two, three days in a row doing some advanced recons, sort of learning the technique and, and, and trying to improve upon our understanding of this. And it was marathon cases. And at the end of each day, I found myself pretty excited. Like I, I was much happier than I thought I was going to be. And I looked at him and I asked him like, can someone specialize in this? Like, I literally have never heard of anyone specializing in abdominal wall surgery. You know, could someone specialize in this? He's like, absolutely. And this is something that's really evolving quickly. You should definitely consider it. 
at the time, I was actually committed to going into colorectal surgery. And uh, it was a, within about, I think, two weeks, I made the change. And I said, I, I've found something that I really, really am excited about. And, uh, you know, started the process. I, it was actually late in the game, but but uh, it worked out for me. Um, so so let's, let's, let's learn a little more about what distinguishes these training programs, abdominal wall fellowships from maybe other traditional MIS programs? Let's start with uh, Jenny. Why don't you tell us about what your training was like and how you feel hernia and ab wall fellowships uh, can distinguish themselves from a traditional MIS fellowship? Yeah, uh, MIS fellowships are a little strange because there's so many, um, I think, heterogeneous fellowships that are all sort of crammed under this one title, right? So you have advanced GI MIS, you have advanced GIS slash bariatric, you have just bariatric. And I think, you know, over the next couple of years, we're probably going to see the evolution of fellowships that also have this abdominal wall designation. Um, so I think traditional MIS fellowships, um, the way I like to think about it is really just academic general surgery, right? So you're doing a lot of general surgery, but you're applying MIS techniques to maybe procedures that you'd previously done before in residency, but um, ne haven't necessarily done laparoscopically or robotically. And I think the abdominal wall component um, is a little bit different because when you do an abdominal wall fellowship, you're actually doing a lot of cases open. Uh, so at my fellowship at the Carolinas Medical Center, um, while we did do a lot of laparoscopic and some robotic surgery, uh, a lot of our complex abdominal wall reconstruction was actually done open with the open chars, paniculectomies, peristomal hernia repairs, a lot of really complex, challenging, you know, reduced fistulas. Um, so I think that does make it a little bit different than a traditional MIS fellowship. And I think when I think about um, a typical advanced GI MIS program, I would think that most of the hernias that um, sort of exist in those programs are typically inguinal hernias, either um, a TEP or um, a TAP approach uh, versus, you know, just um, some smaller uh, umbilical or routine ventral hernias, uh, maybe done laparoscopically or robotically. But I, I think for the most part, they probably exclude a lot of the complex recurrent uh, repairs that are being done at several specialized centers. Great. Charlotte, what are your thoughts on, on that? And what was your fellowship training like at, at Cleveland Clinic? Yeah, I, I completely agree with with Jenny, I think when we think about what makes an AVWAL fellowship truly an AVWAL fellowship, and as the ACGME sort of seeks to turn this into a designation, I think the, one of the things is is the volume. Um, and so for for my fellowship, we were doing two TARs a day, four days a week. Uh, most of them, I mean, 99% of them were open. And so you really get to understand the nuances of the anatomy which is very important as you progress in your career because you really understand why hernias recur, how to do, you know, revisional TARs, which is probably going to be how this field grows. Um, and you really can start to command the anatomy, which I think actually takes a lot of procedures done exactly the same way for you really to kind of understand yourself in 3D space, how things interact. Because in reality, when you're fixing these big hernias, you are working 
everywhere in the abdomen and you need to be in the right place all of the time because it can be pretty devastating if you don't. So that's number one. I think the other thing that um, an abdominal wall fellowship really offers you and maybe something you don't learn in traditional MIS fellowships is mesh science. Um, when you think about a lot of the hernia repairs done maybe in residency or in other fellowships, you kind of use the mesh that the attending has always used or whatever you have in the shelves. And you don't really understand, you know, weight, pore size, how they are structured, why they're structured the way they are, and then what is the science behind using one type of mesh versus another. And I think that's one of the advantages to an abdominal wall fellowship is you really understand why you're using the mesh you have, what options are you, how does each one work in each situation, and how to really optimize your prosthetic. Great. Uh I agree with both of you uh, about a lot of the things you talked about. I, I look at it now uh, with regard to abdominal wall reconstruction fellowships as, uh, you know, stepping away from this concept of a, an approach to surgery, minimally invasive, and really focusing again on the disease process. Not like many other traditional fellowships, you're focused on becoming an expert in abdominal wall surgery. And so for many of us, um, you know, I, I joke with the residents you can give me a five centimeter ventral hernia and I can come up with 10 different ways to fix it based on the various factors that I'm going to be looking at, the location of the defect, the, the prior operations that have been performed on this patient and, and a variety of other factors. So uh, I think it becomes a much more immersive experience where you're able to really cater plans and, and really make plans that are very patient centric and have a large armamentarium to to choose from when when designing a, a plan for a patient. So that I think um, you know it, it definitely isn't just MIS; it's abdominal wall surgery in a variety of forms. So I'll also just add to that that I think um, you know you both touched on this too is that fellowship really helps you with complex decision making, right? So it's not really just about the technical aspects of how do you do this particular repair. It's also about how are you making the right decisions to keep your patient safe and maybe something that's a little bit more complex and challenging that you don't necessarily see every day. And so I think that process um, is also extremely important. And like Baha had mentioned, you know, learning many different options in multiple ways for a plan B or a plan C when things don't go according to plan um, can be really, really helpful. Great. Charlotte, where you're at right now, you obviously joined a really mature abdominal wall program at Penn State. Um, what do you think the modern day hernia surgeon or abdominal wall specialist uh, brings to the table? And what are your thoughts on the, the specialization that's happening over the last, say, decade? Yeah, I think, you know, we're really starting to see this field kind of, I would say, in its teenage years. We have now, you know, started to use more complex reconstructive techniques. And I think when I look at this field, you know, five, ten years from now, in reality, I think, you know, the TAR itself really has been only around for a decade. And probably, you know, in the first couple of years, very few people were performing that procedure. And now with the robot and the dissemination of the education, a lot of people are doing this operation. A lot of people are, patients are getting tired. 
And just as we see now, kind of the fill of these lap eye pumps that were done 10, 15 years ago, we're going to start to see, you know, tar related complications, whether people have had, you know, need surgery for cancers or whatever, um, or, you know, posterior sheath breakdowns, all of these, you know, I guess failures or recurrences after TARS are going to be something that now that you have this hernia, you know, specialization and fellowship underneath your belt, that's probably going to be where this field shifts in the next couple of years. And so being very good at doing TARS and understanding the anatomy is really going to help catapult you and, and really set you apart after you've done the hernia fellowship to take on some of those complex things. And I think there are always hernias that will be challenging. So peristomals, very, very complex. The ones next to bony structures, whether that's your subxiphoid, your flanks, or your suprapubic, like these require a lot of complex decision-making to repair, as well as really understanding how anatomy works in a 3D field, but also once you are actually using that. So how do you really decrease your risk of recurrences because you understand how that abdominal wall functions um, in order to give the best repair. So I think, you know, it's very, very important to have a hernia surgeon because hernias are complex. They're not this kind of straightforward, just put a piece of mesh in. There's a ton of nuances to that. And this field is just going to increase in complexity over time. And so I do think, you know, a specialization is, is, is where things are headed. Great. Uh, Jenny, and you're joining the team at the University of Michigan, who's been doing wonderful work trying to understand how hernias are managed in the grand scheme of things across the state of Michigan uh, with their various hernia collaborations. But uh, one of the things I was really interested about learning was uh, what you're looking at doing with the, the development of the abdominal wall program there at Michigan and uh, the things that you're going to be doing as you join the team. Yeah, um, so that's a great question. So I think Charlotte kind of already touched on this. And I'll just go ahead and say that I think the University of Michigan has already built so many great things uh, for hernia surgery. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think the reason that it's becoming more and more subspecialized and deserves to probably be its own subspecialty is because of what Charlotte said earlier, the hernia science, right? And so for the longest time, I don't feel like hernias were necessarily treated as um, its own specialty because, you know, some people feel like we just kind of fix holes. But if you think about it, you know, 20 to 30 percent of patients who get major abdominal operations will end up with a hernia and adding in all that additional patient complexity um, and, you know, potential for failures from TARS or previous hernia repairs, um, these patients just become more and more complex. And so I think when you're building a comprehensive abdominal wall center, you know, you really need a lot of experts in one place. So it's building a multidisciplinary multidisciplinary team. It's about building um, pre-op optimization clinics um, and the ability to sort of counsel your patients appropriately. It's having the uh, right adjuncts available, whether it's potentially Botox, progressive pneumoperitoneum for the large defects, getting plastic surgery involved for certain types of closures, um, and really doing a good technical operation. And then it's also the the post-op follow-up care um, and making sure that you're following these patients long-term. I think the University of Michigan has done a really great job of studying this at a population level and at a, at a statewide level. So I'm going to be really interested to see 
um, how all of that data about surgical decision-making really affects how we create hernia protocols uh, going forward. That's wonderful. Very excited to see what you'll be doing there. Um, and I, again, just agree with both of you. It, it's a very different approach to hernias. Uh, what used to be a problem that we would address and then tell the patient, good luck with the repair, it's become much more immersive. Every single one of us uh, work at centers that have active surveillance programs. Uh, and we really track our outcomes, not just for 30 days, 90 days, we're talking about for years and and trying to understand what are the patient reported outcomes and experiences what are uh, the quality of life measures that we'll be assessing and so it's really evolving great so building upon that uh, clearly we're all very passionate i personally consider myself a hernia geek uh, but uh, we're all very passionate about what we do but I would love to know what you find to be the most satisfying element of the job. Uh, so, Charlie, why don't you lead off? Let, let us know what you find to be the part of the, the 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 job as an abdominal wall surgeon that makes you most satisfied. You know, I, I think the thing that makes me most satisfying is a lot of times patients are are dismissed and they said it's just a hernia. Uh, you know, it's not a big deal or, you know, just don't lift anything like the quality of life that people lose when they have a hernia can actually be pretty devastating. And so when you have the opportunity to fix a hernia, you get them back to whatever they haven't been doing for sometimes years. And then you see them at one year and two year after their hernia repair and your talks are not like focused on, do you see a bulge? Is your hernia back? It's like, what have you been doing? How have you been active? Where have you been? Where have you traveled? You give these people their lives back. And I think sometimes patients get dismissed um, because people don't understand like how much you need your abdominal wall to actually function as a unit to do things like have bowel movements, to lift, to get out of bed. And when you can give that back to a patient, I think it's the most rewarding thing about this that I think about this job. Wonderful. Jenny, what about you? I completely agree with Charlotte. She took the words right out of my mouth. Um, so I love seeing patients post-op um, because I love to see how they're doing um, and to see what kind of quality of life improvement they've had. And, you know, we talk about hernia surgery as sort of being happy quality of life surgery because I think what we're really doing is really, like Charlotte had mentioned, giving people their lives back. So ultimately, I think that's probably the most rewarding part is seeing my patients back postoperatively. Great. Uh, I will add a, another element to it. Uh, one of the things that I really enjoy beyond just taking care of patients and getting the quality of life back is the collaboration that you almost inevitably will have with everyone in the hospital. Uh, every single surgeon that makes an incision on the belly is going to make hernias. Uh, and so it, it's great to know that you know, whenever we're at an institution and we're providing this care, many of our colleagues will turn to us, whether it's a, a patient that they've previously operated on or a patient they're planning to operate on. You really become friends with a lot of different service lines, and you're able to really work with a lot of different people all around the hospital, uh, taking care of different disease processes. 
And so I, I've really enjoyed that opportunity to, to collaborate with my colleagues and friends around the hospital. All right. Well, that that's kind of the big questions I was hoping for us to address today. Um, I personally have gained so much with the friendships that I've made with Jenny and Charlotte. And I know that the audience that's listening today hopefully has learned more about what drives them as surgeons. But as we wrap up, I, would ho I was hoping to get some parting thoughts from both Dr. Xiao and Dr. Horn about abdominal wall surgery and uh, any people that are listening that might be interested in what we do. Charlotte? Yeah, well, I, I think hernia surgery is the best specialty in the world. I think, you know, when you think about it, we get to do complex reconstructive operations. We, it's, it's a pretty elective practice. And so work-life balance is fantastic. But I think the other thing that's great is when you teach these operations, especially if they're open, they get to see fantastic anatomy that they normally don't get to see and you really get to understand all of the layers of the abdominal wall. So I think everybody should go into hernia surgery. And if you're a resident, spend the time with a hernia surgeon because they'll teach you abdominal wall anatomy like you have never seen before. And it's fantastic. I will say, <laughs> even if everyone went into hernia surgery, there would still be plenty of hernias to fix. Don't you worry. There are many, many hernias out there. So it's it's also a great field to go into because the the sheer volume of pathology that exists out there is never ending. Jenny, your thoughts? Uh, yes, I totally agree with both of you. And one of the things that I also really love is the collaboration. I mean, just, you know, look at the three of us, right? So all of us graduated from different fellowships and we talk and collaborate all the time. And I think it's really great that, you know, there's uh, such a team-based approach to hernia operations. And I think one of the things that I'm continuing to do all the time is evolving my technique um, based on cases that I've done in the past, based on discussions with other people. And I really think that there's so many more places um, for hernia surgery to evolve. And I think there's so much more we have yet to see from this particular specialty. So I really can't wait to be a part of that. And um, and it's definitely one of the most exciting specialties in surgery. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for both of you joining today to talk about your, your uh, career and your path and your passion. And I hope that the listeners enjoyed it. Uh, and as always, continue to dominate the day. Thank you, everyone. Be sure to check out our website at www.behindthenife.org for more great content. You can also follow us on Twitter at Behind the Knife and Instagram at Behind the Knife Podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a review. Content produced by Behind the Knife is intended for health professionals and is for educational purposes only. We do not diagnose, treat, or offer patient-specific advice. Thank you for listening. Until next time, dominate the day.